Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our Our teaching team team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because because they they anchor us in something something which can can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we exist to join god's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching now when jesus returned a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him then a man named jairus a synagogue leader came and fell at jesus's feet pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against me. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that power has gone out of me, from me. Then the woman, seeing she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told what she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he told her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This is the word of our Lord. Amen. Okay, kiddos, can I get your eyes? Give me your eyes, kiddos. All right. So a couple things. One, you're going to hear me talking about Jesus a lot. And Jesus is my favorite person. So can you look inside your wiggle bag or whatever you have and pull out your favorite color? Your favorite color could be your favorite marker, crayon, color pencil. Pull out your favorite. Thanks, Will. And when you have it, hold it up real, real high. Okay. Now, can you look in your wiggle bag or your coloring sheet and just find a little area of paper that's that's empty, you know, just a little space of paper where there's nothing on it? And when you have that, hold it up high. Hold it up high. Okay. Okay. Hold it up high. I'm looking. Give me your eyes, my friends, and say, good job. Okay, so I know that this part of the sermon, this part of the service, you're kind of like, um, what should I be doing? You can color. That's really, really awesome. You can pray for me while I'm up here, right, uh, sharing God's word. Or you can listen for every single time you hear me say Jesus. Use your favorite color and make your favorite little symbol. It could be a heart, a star, a squiggly line. And then after service, come find me and tell me how many marks you made. Because I want to know how many times I say my favorite word about my favorite person in this sermon. Okay? Um, And then a little bit of housekeeping for the families. Along this window right here are brown bags with the supplies you need for activities 
for your family. There's a printing mishap for me this week, and I didn't get to print out the instructions and the guide um, that goes along with your crafts. So if you grab a bag, just shoot me an email when you get home or on your way home if your partner is driving. Families at GenesisCov.org, right? Families at GenesisCov.org. Shoot me an email. Let me know you grabbed a bag. I'll reply real quickly when I get home with all the instructions and things you need. Sound good? Great. All right. Let's do this. All right. Well, my friends, today I stand before you a woman healed. I stand before you having experienced tremendous harm by professed disciples of Jesus. Having laid in bed, not showering for days, praying, Jesus, I'll never step foot into another church again. Jesus, I'll never preach another sermon again. Jesus, I'll never listen to another man full of himself and self-righteousness again. Jesus, I'll never write another book on faith. You know, I do have so many ideas about fantasy novels and maybe a romance. Jesus, I like you so much, but I really, really hate the church. Let's just be low-key friends, okay? I stand before you having spent my time, myself, my resources, my everything I had for this healing that felt like it evaded me for years. I stand before you, a woman who Jesus met in the wilderness of my isolation, and we were low-key friends, but there were moments of high-frequency connection. Jesus called me beloved and pointed me to people and places of hope. I stand before you having pressed through a crowded mind full of what-ifs and maybes and the accusations of who the heck do you think you are? And while I am healed, I stand before you still negotiating loneliness and insecurity that was caused by my years of infirmity. In short, I stand before you resonating with our sister, the bleeding woman. We are different in that her trauma was physical and it begets social, spiritual, and emotional traumas, while mine began as spiritual and opened the door to all of those other traumas. Our stories are different, but the same. We are strong-willed, wounded women relentlessly pursuing our healing. We are in the season of Lent, 40 days where we reckon with our vulnerabilities and offer them to Jesus, the one who knows what it's like to be vulnerable for healing. We begin Lent receiving ashes that remind us that our lives are fragile, so make the most of them. Seek God now, the giver of life and the lifter of our heads. And then we choose to give up something for just 40 days so that we can make room for Jesus. This is the season of saying goodbye to rhythms and things that are no longer life-giving. We look closely at our coping mechanisms and ask, are they serving me or harming me? We slowly integrate new practices that nourish our spirits like prayer or fasting or listening to gospel collective or hipster hymns instead of Lizzo. We are in a sermon series called Seeking, where we spend time with people seeking Jesus and looking for answers to the questions we bump into in our journey of faith. In today's text, our sister, the bleeding woman, answers this question we have. How do we begin again? How do we surrender ourselves to the process of healing, one that invites us to come back and be vulnerable even if we've been harmed, one that asks us to trust again, Maybe not, and especially not at first the one who hurt us, but other ones who proved themselves to be for us. 
They're the ones who stop what they're doing, look for us, gaze in our eyes and say, you belong. In fact, you belong to me. Let me tell you all the ways I'm seeing healing in your life. How do we begin again when we've been told that what we believe, how we are moving through this world is a sin, is wrong, is worthy of shame and rejection? Our bleeding sister understands you. She understands us. She was told she was unworthy um, and she was only worthy of shame and rejection. In fact, our bleeding sister was called unclean. There are a lot of things and people in the time of Jesus that were considered unclean. To be unclean meant that you were unfit to enter the temple. To be unclean meant you could not enter the presence of God. If you touch someone deemed impure, like a bleeding woman, you too became impure. And this is where our bleeding sister story begins. Shame, rejection, unworthy of love. So how do we begin again? Today's gospel is a story of how to begin again with three invitations for us. However wounded, we come to this story. And I say however because we collectively went through a pandemic and not a single one is untouched by that. I say however because we are people who ask difficult questions about our faith. And with that temerity also comes the paper cuts to our souls in the form of concerned prayers and truth and love. I say, however, because it's impossible to love people without being harmed by their peopleness. The ways we're human and flawed and responding to the brokenness of this world. So how do we begin again? We begin with Jesus. In this story, our sister, let's call her Florence, because she spent 12 years having an irregular, uncontrollable, unexplainable period and Florence is a beautiful name that evokes pasta and vineyards and terracotta villas and not cramps and feeling super gross and in her particular culture, ostracized from your very community. Okay, so Florence, our friend, meets Jesus first in her mind. She heard of this man who was healing and decided that her healing journey wasn't over. And the 12 years of trying to figure out what was going on, she had begun again and again and again, but this time she began again with Jesus in mind. Florence heard about a, a man, a preacher, a teacher, a prophet, a healer, who touched lepers and talked to women and didn't care one bit about others' opinions. He was going to love the unloved with his very hands. He was going to use his own voice to proclaim their healing. Florence heard about Jesus and she chose to go to him. The day I realized a narcissistic, unhealthy three on the Enneagram, lead pastor of the church we moved across the country to serve at, cussed my husband out, his associate pastor, in a staff meeting, I was cleaning dinner dishes. TC, my husband, came in and told me what happened, and I slumped into the dining chair and said, Jesus, what the heck? And TC chuckled nervously and said, yeah, what the heck, Jesus? We moved here from Boston for what, this? In the days to come, I prayed every day for the situation as it, as it escalated from passive-aggressive call-outs in his sermon from the pulpit to poisonous lies shared to mutual friends, to paid mediation with professionals, to NDAs being signed to quiet my husband so we could leave with some financial compensation to hold us over until the next thing. Every day, I prayed, asking Jesus to comfort me, hold me, protect my trust in him. 
When my trust in the church was at its all-time low, surprisingly, my love for Jesus was at its greatest. And before I share more of my story, I want to affirm anyone in this room who, or anyone who is watching who has been harmed or is disgusted by the church. If you feel so angry or even indifferent to us, it's normal and natural. I sometimes imagine Florence feeling angry and indifferent after all her years of mistreatment. In my mind, I see Florence just shoving the crowds back just as hard as they were shoving her in her press for Jesus. I imagine that even though Florence was indifferent to the crowd, she was determined to meet Jesus. And if that's you, if you're indifferent to the crowd, the church, if your social anxiety gets the best of you and you can't bring yourself to show up, that makes so much sense. Be indifferent to us. It's okay. But can I challenge you this Lent to be determined to meet Jesus? Because we begin again by looking for Jesus. Jesus who had a body. Jesus who put that body in places and spaces to love people. Jesus who says in John that when we remain in him and his love, we'll get through brokenness into fruitfulness. His love, as he describes it, is, says greater love has no one than this but to lay down one's life for their friends. I call you friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I think Florence chose to meet Jesus, and when she did, you learned that Jesus had and would have always choose her. Jesus chose to stop, look for her, and honor her for her bravery, her faith. So where do we begin, friends? We begin with Jesus, because here's the thing, Jesus has and will always choose you. Where do we begin? We begin by starting small. When I learned how to pray for my Pentecostal mentors, I was encouraged to pray fervently, pray with authority, and most of all, pray boldly. I remember one time at a prayer meeting, one of my friends prayed, Lord, we just, and our leader stopped us and said, y'all, this was in Texas, y'all, we're praying to the God of the universe. We shouldn't be praying timid prayers of just God. We want to pray big, dreaming, faith-filled prayers. <laughs> for years, every time I said just, I would just cringe. I didn't want to be found faithless. It's only been since I began again on this seven-year-long journey towards healing from church abuse that I've reclaimed just as faithful and a faith-filled word, even a faithful posture towards my spirituality. Just a tiny word of mustard seed face. Just, a word that means a little, simply, exactly, timely, and morally righteous. Just, a tiny word that can hold all the complexities of our healing journey. Just, gives us permission in its simplicity to begin small. To do only what you can and know that it is enough. For this woman, it was to touch the hem of his cloak. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his cloak. And if that word just is a small word with great significance, great possibilities, that hymn that she reached for, that hymn that facilitated her healing was a small tassel with great significance. The Greek word translated for hymn or border literally refers to the fringes or tassels on the robe of an outer garment. The corresponding word, Hebrew word is tzitzit, and it has special meaning under the law concerning the outer garments of Jewish men. These tassels on the bottom of the garment was to remind Jewish men to fulfill God's commandment as according to Numbers 15, 37 through 40. 
Now, maybe there's some superstition at play for Florence because the passage says people were pressing in, hoping to touch Jesus and receive their healing. Maybe there was some practicality here. From her position on the ground, the closest part of Jesus she could reach was his tassel. But the invitation remains the same. There is courage in just. Whatever you can do to embrace your healing, do. For me, it looked like attending a small Mennonite church and almost rudely being clear to the pastors, an interracial couple a few years younger than us, that we, would be, that we would not be willing to serve in any capacity at any time in their church, do not ask. It looked like showing up during the opening song, sitting in the back and leaving before anyone talked to us for the first few weeks. It looked like me using the liturgy that embraced God as mother for my prayer time because I no longer had the words to pray anymore. It was during one of those times of prayer where God spoke directly to me and said, I desire to be a protective mother to you as you heal from what happened to you. It was one of the most profound moments in my spiritual life. I think after that, I began to open myself up to people a bit more. I met with the wife of the pastoral team and told her that I lied to Jesus when I prayed I didn't want to lead in a church again. But I was just so, so scared of being harmed. I was losing confidence in my calling. And she looked me in the eyes and honored my courage. Healing is never linear. It requires small acts of courage every single day, every step of your way towards your healing. Your healing from, comes from however you show up in a small and meaningful way. Your healing includes a story of just saying, if I could just, and showing up. Your story can look like Florence's. Identify that one small thing and just do it. And finally, how do we begin? Well, we begin by telling our story. The woman, when Jesus stopped and looked for her, didn't make excuses. She told her story. Scripture said she told him everything. Our stories matter. It is a holy gift to the listener and a liberating experience for the teller. For Florence, when she told her story, she let Jesus into her pain. She exposed the crowd of their injustice toward her, and she impressed the disciples so much that her story made it into the canon of stories that point us to the love of God. When we tell our stories, we begin that domino effect of vulnerability, one that allows us to be fully human with one another. Mind you, the first person she told her story to was someone who had already proved worthy of her story, her healer. As you begin again, find someone credible and good to be the holder of your stories. Ask the spirit to give you wisdom and eyes to see who is for your healing and who is still given to the selfish crush of the crowd. Choose to tell your story and let that person rehumanize you as Jesus did for Florence. Daughter, your faith has healed you. So this is my story. Today I stand before you friends, a woman healed. I stand before you having experienced tremendous harm by professed disciples of Jesus. Having laid in my bed, not showered for days, praying, Jesus, I'll never step foot into another church again. <laughs> Jesus, I'll never preach another sermon again. Jesus, I like you so much, but I really, really hate your church. Let's be low-key friends, okay?
I stand before you having experienced the last seven years deconstructing and reconstructing my relationship with the church and ministry, racism in communities of faith and snobbery of ivory tower theologians. I've spent the last seven years getting to the root of why I responded to God's call to be a pastor in the first place. I wanted to work hard and partner with Jesus to love people really well through all the ups and downs, which means I had to learn to be loved by Jesus really well through all my ups and downs by his credible disciples. I stand before you a woman who Jesus met in this work because I chose to embrace each day as a new beginning. I stand before you having pressed through the crowded mind full of what ifs and maybes and the accusations of who the heck do you think you are and this is my answer. I'm a beloved daughter, a hopeful disciple, a grateful friend and a joyful pastor. But here's what I know about healing. Remember, it's not linear. I know tomorrow is another day of choosing, a day of beginning again, a day of seeking God because God's promises, God promises that those who seek God will find God and be enveloped in God's love. So friends, let us follow our Lamb Jesus, who has conquered our suffering and healed our brokenness. Let us reach out and find this surprising thing He's been ready all this time to embrace and heal us. May our faith heal us. Amen. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.